Marono. Buongiornata, buonasera, buongiornata. There's no really time to relax and take an espresso for Juventus. <laughs> you don't have to get that ditch. You don't have to get that ditch. Attaccare! Welcome back to the Euro Show here on FNR Football Nation Radio. Nick Tabano and Josh Parrish here. I always smile when I hear that intro. It's such a good intro. Got to give credit to Lockie Flanagan. Props, props to Lockie. Um, it was, it's a, you know this isn't even the finished product. There were more things that were going to be added Ooh. to it, but we actually ran out of time last week because this was like a – it got to about 20 past five last week. And jo- we, we had the disaster of the first week with our um, watermarked – depressing Euro trash uh, that, you know, won the one, I've got to say, uh, shout out to Buds from For Vuck's Sake. Uh, he loved it. You didn't. Uh, so we had to ditch it. And Lockie goes, oh, Nick, you know, you got an intro. I'm like, no, I don't. But I've got an idea. It was very ambitious. Mm. And I thought, okay, you know me in, in the group chats. I love my reaction videos. I love so your I thought, Sopranos memes. Yep. And I just got together the the ultimate collation of great memes with the meme track itself from the great Dave Davutovich. Uh, if you haven't seen it, head over to Joey Lynch's Twitter page because he posted another meme made by Lockie of mm. Dancing Duva, which uh, featured heavily in the Optus Sport Euros <laughs> coverage. Um, but it's, that, a, it's a deep well of uh, niche. memes. But I think the most important thing to say is that uh, Sopranos is all about uh, organized crime and anger, which really fits well with the theme of Italian football that the Absolutely. show often did. You know, that, what is Italian football if not organized crime and anger? Yeah, but the organized crime stuff, I mean, that's only with some teams, starting with Jay and with S. <laughs> um, but anyways, let's... Speaking of potentially libelous things, yeah. uh, let's let's talk about Jude Bellingham. <laughs> yeah, look, Jude Bellingham, uh, he was on the wrong side of history. I guess he said some things that weren't necessarily... I don't know about wrong side I mean, of I mean, history. he spoke his mind, and I'm okay with people speaking their mind. It's always a good thing. You know, we speak our minds here at FNR, and we say what's on our mind, but there's in the, in sometimes when you're in a situation like Drew Bellingham was, you sometimes need to tone it down a little bit and just don't put yourself in a situation where you can get fined. If you missed it, here's what Drew Bellingham had to say after Borussia Dortmund's 3-2 two, no, loss against Bayern Munich on the weekend. Well, for me it wasn't, you know, he's not even looking at the ball and he's fighting to get it and it hits him, I don't even think he's looking at the ball, but, you know, you can look at a lot of the decisions in the game, you know, you give a a referee that's, you know, match-fixed before the biggest game in Germany, what do you expect? What do you expect? I mean, I'm not sure about the quality of the audio there and their post-match interviews in Germany, maybe put the generator a little further from the microphones, guys, but anyway, uh, wow, Mm. wow. Mm. I mean, it's not exactly, um, you know, Tim Donahue, NBA stuff. Like, no. This guy, apparently in 2005, so 16 years ago. So Drew Bellingham's done his research pre-game. Yeah, his supposed research. I'm, yeah. I'm amazed. It took me quite a long time to find out what he was referring to. Uh, the referee, uh, whose name is Zvaya, uh, accepted a 300 euro bribe from a Zwei Bundesliga, second division referee, to influence proceedings in favour of German minnows Wuppertaler SV. Three other officials pleaded guilty to their actions and have since served severe punishment for it. So, wow. you know, 300 euros, that's a, that's a cheap bribe. That's a lot of money. 
when you think about it, for me, it's a lot of money. <laughs> but, I, mean, I mean, I wouldn't accept it. No you're, way, you're, no chance. Would it, how much would it take for you to totally compromise your professional principles, it's, Nick? It's, it's would it be more than 300 euros, oh, surely? 100%. To be honest, you probably couldn't put a figure on it. But, uh, it, but I said answer, I couldn't put a figure on it. The answer we were looking for was no figure. I said you couldn't put a figure on it because there's no figure. It's the same thing. Josh, I'm sleep deprived, all right? Anyways. Oh, um, you were really thinking deeply about that. Mm, how much would I take? <laughs> no. It's like, you know, the um, the Simpsons episode. It's like uh, you can have the new washer or dryer. Here's your, your bribe. The new washer or dryer or what's in this box? <laughs> the mystery box. Yeah. The and, box. Um, the box. In this situation, um, look, Jude Bellingham, I think, said a little bit too much. You know, you've got Jose Mourinho, who says, if I speak, I'm in trouble. I prefer not to speak. And sometimes if you do speak, you are in trouble. Yep. And with Jude Bellingham, he said too much. Look, there's a history, but you don't say that stuff. You keep your mouth shut because you say it, you're going to get yourself in hot water, and Jude Bellingham's done that. Um, well, I mean, I don't know if anything is potentially libelous because it's a fact that this guy was found guilty. Yeah, of well, if it's fact. So right, maybe maybe he sh- maybe Drew Bellingham is right. He shouldn't be getting the biggest game in Germany. No, um, he probably shouldn't. But at the same time, though, like you can't say that. Just straight you'll up. get you'll get fined by the league. Yeah, for like sure. you know, you just in, like I know that in some situations, like of course you've just lost against your biggest rivals in a massive game. You you I think they were up as well and they fell behind. Um, they scored after five minutes and they yeah, they still look, lost. You know, it's a. It's 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 a frustrating situation. Obviously, post game, you know, you got to remember as well. They've just lost. They've just thrown a hot mic in front of his face. He's a young kid at the end of the day as well. Mm. But you're supposed to be a little bit more switched on in that situation to just go, all right, think about what I'm going to say because this is not just this conversation. I'm going to go and vent to my players in the change rooms. There's going to be no hot mic in there. You're saying this in front of an international audience, and whatever you say is going to get nitpicked. And you have people like us on a Monday night nitpicking it and saying. You're an idiot for saying that on on, uh, on live TV. I I don't even think the decision was necessarily incorrect. I mean, it's always a difficult one with handball, but you know it was a VAR call. He didn't get pushed in the back or anything. Mm. I thought he might have been shoved the way he was looking at it, but he moves towards the ball with his arm uh, crooked and outstretched. I think that is a penalty. Is that Ma- I think it's was a- that Matt Hummels. It was Matt Hummels. Me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Nick, can you explain why you decided well, to to punch the ball, to elbow the ball in that um, situation? I had a moment where I thought, okay, um, I forgot what sport I was playing for a second, <laughs> and um, I was too busy going between countries and did he my said, AFL he, preseason. And Be- yeah. Bellingham said he was fighting for the ball. The only player he was fighting with was Bellingham. Yeah, you know, there was no contact with no. the Bayern player. So. No. I, I think that's a clear handball, and the referee yeah. only gave it after, after a VAR right. review. Yeah. So I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's just post-match frustration, Absolutely. and he's completely boiled over. I know it must be frustrating in Dortmund's position where continually, you know, you're second best. They continually steal your best players. You, you can't seem to beat them to the title, whatever you do. Uh, but, you know, it, it's a costly defeat. Um, I think really the blame for this one should be directed towards Mats Hummels, who uh, not only uh, handballed that, but also had a terrible mix-up mm. with his, uh, well, trying to play the ball back to his goalkeeper, but not getting there quickly yeah. enough. And uh, Thomas Muller, as always, is the uh, the, the crafty... Ever, the ever-crafty German. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's he's always sneaking up uh, on defenders yeah. and preying on, de- on mistakes, and he won the ball and set Lewandowski away for... For the equaliser, mm. so that that's if anything, 
it's the central defender, his own teammate that he should be blaming, not the referee. I want to talk a little bit about not just what happened on the field. I want to talk about Marco Rosa. Um, he had a bit of a situation in regards to a, a bit of an imposter. <laughs> no, this wasn't a game of Among Us that Marco Rose was playing. He had a legitimate imposter, a, a cosplayer, I guess you could say. Mm. And not just him, but a whole cavalry of cosplayers joining him. Josh, what happened? This is like a, the Trojan bus. Yeah. So yesterday before the game, uh, the TV presenter Sebastian Puffpuff, who with a name like that, you don't have to be a sketch comedy presenter, I think. You can't get a serious job. Yeah. Uh, disguised himself as Marco Rosa and drove a fake Dortmund team bus with fake players dressed in Dortmund's team clothes. They managed to pass several checkpoints and weren't stopped until they got uh, caught in front of the dressing rooms. So, I mean, I the, my favorite thing about this is it implies that the manager drives the team bus. Yeah. Uh, like Ollie's at the wheel. <laughs> Rosa's, Rosa's, at, Rosa's the wheel. at the wheel. Uh, but this is some serious like chaser areas. This is like yeah. Chaz Lichardello and the Apex Summit. Mm. You know, I'm not sure about those security checkpoints. But then again, I guess you don't expect... Uh, troublemakers to be decking out an entire team bus in in Dortmund. Is this is this like a weird version of undercover boss, or like <laughs> you know a weird version of you know? Is it like I wonder if? Well, I mean, TV presenter, could there be the off chance? I don't know what they have on German TV over there that maybe it was part of a skit and it was just recorded oh, and that, I, you know it was planned all along. Or I was, don't think it was planned. I think it's a prank TV show. I mean, that's very so over. that's a good game of chicken to see how far you can get before being recognized it's it is funny but also there's a serious note to it because you know Dortmund have had security issues before with their mm. team bus you know yeah. there was an attempted oh yeah it's a, there was a bombing yeah. there was an, an attack on them which was mm. supposed to hurt their share price or something so it was it's a like weird... a, it's like the a skit has exposed that nothing has changed well that there's still there's still Issues in their I, security. I'm, I imagine they will be tightened up after that. Dortmund oh, apparently are not pressing any charges or anything. Yeah. So they, they've waived that because it was just so embarrassing. I think they wanted to go away as quickly as possible. So anyway, uh, interesting antics uh, from uh, German TV hosts. I think they're uh, keeping the spirit of the Ooh. chaser alive. And for that, I salute them. Or was it maybe like, if even if it wasn't, like this is just me spitballing, it's probably not even 110% correct. Or it's probably like, you know, in Ted Lasso, how they play like Manchester City, but they're all actors and they're not actually players that play for Manchester City. And they've just got a guy to play Marco Rose and he's Marco Rose for the show. Maybe it is for the new season of Ted Lasso. Maybe they play a friendly against Borussia Dortmund and maybe just no one saw Jason Sudikas and uh, the rest <laughs> of the crew coming in from the other gate. Um, and no, Nate wasn't there. Stuff, Nate. Um, but well, yeah. the way Dortmund are doing in the Champions League at the moment, you could accuse them yeah. of being well, a team of imposters. So. Well, I mean, there was one coach. If we're going to talk about coaches, Josh, there was a coach that actually was sacked. Uh, I believe this today or was it this morning? Um, the head coach uh, of RB Leipzig. Yes, the real life Ted Lasso. Yes, the, Jesse, Jesse, Jesse Marsh. Marsh. Yeah, so he was given his marching orders. His after marching me. orders. Anyways, <laughs> um, they have lost their last three games, I believe, now in the league. 11th place. And they are falling rapidly through the Bundesliga at the moment. They lost 2-1 against Union Berlin on the weekend. and on Union, the eve, Union, Nick. Yep, on the eve of their, uh, it's a bit of a dead rubber. I mean, they can still make the Europa League in the Champions League, as in like finish third and go to the Europa League. Um uh, their game against Manchester City in midweek. They've decided to uh, go mutual. 
And, I mean, when you look at their position on the table, considering how they've performed for the last few seasons, it doesn't really come as a surprise. This is actually a major blow to American coaches trying to be oh, taken yeah. seriously. I mean, we're making the Ted Lasso jokes, and I'm sure, you know... It's probably been repeated that many times Yeah, exactly. You know, the German discourse... Because I mean, you remember Bob Bradley at Aston Villa didn't last very long. Bob Bradley at Roma as well didn't last very long. <laughs> well, there's, that there's, was only because they had American them. owners. But, uh, look, I... I do feel sorry for the American managers trying to make it in uh, Europe because much like Australian coaches, you're not usually given the respect. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just as well Ange Postacoglu is doing so well at Celtic because, you know, if he doesn't do well, it'll set the cause of Australian Mm -hmm. managers back that many years. And I think the same can be said for for Jesse Marsh, unfortunately. Well, it's a shame because he did a really good job at Red Bull Salzburg before he took over Red Bull Leipzig, Mm -hmm. keeping in the family. Um, And also was the coach of New York Red Bull. So he really is the, the, where's he going next in the Red Bull family? Do you think he gets sent back to New York and he has to do it all over again? He gets relegated? Potentially. I don't know how the Red Bulls are going in the MLS, but that's maybe a good little case study for us to keep an eye on. But it is a shame. I mean, you do feel sorry for him in the sense that, you know, there probably now will be that overlying sort of, I wouldn't call it a stigma, well, a bit of a stigma around coaches that are coming from outside of Europe, especially from the Western countries such as America and, and Australia, et cetera. Um, and you do speak about mounting pressure. I mean, you do mention mm-hmm. the whole Ange Postacoglu thing. I mean, there were people taking saying, what the hell is this, even before he even coached a game for Celtic. And now look at him. You know, he's laughing in all their faces and he's on a roll right now. Um, but, I mean, when you consider, as we said, Leipzig's performances over the past few weeks and it really doesn't come as a surprise but his win-loss record before that was sensational um, you know a 68% win record at Red Bull Salzburg oh, that's no that joke period. even in Austria yeah and um, you know one half his games for 49% win record at the at the Red Bulls in well, New York Red Bulls um, and obviously at Leipzig it just didn't work out for him but I'm sure we'll see him surface again maybe he'll take a step down and go to a, maybe a lower sort of Bundesliga club or maybe he might go to a different league I'm sure he's still got a future in this game. It's just a shame how it's panned out for him. Yeah, no good. Uh, let's talk about La Liga uh, before we go to a break, Nick. Uh, Real mm-hmm. Madrid extending their advantage at the top of the table with yep. a 2-0 win over Real Sociedad. Yep. Um, a number of fans went along to that live screening. In Hughesdale, in, yes. uh, in Melbourne, uh, courtesy of La Liga and Glenn Rolls. hope that went really well. Uh, look, Real Madrid look to be cruising uh, mm. this season. I mean, it's a very competitive season. But the thing that gets me is Atletico Madrid. How have they invested so heavily in their squad and got worse? I mean, look who their coach is. I've got to give Diego Simeone. Bakura, I'm not a hater. That produced because it's calling me a hater, apparently. But anyways, I, I respect what Diego Simeone's done at Atleti from taking them from where they were to now. But at the end of the day, you need to eventually take the handbrake off. Like, you've been playing this way for such a long time. I just think that they're getting worked out all of a sudden. They've invested mm. so heavily in so much talent, so many great creative players. When If you do take that handbrake off, they could be as good as anyone in, in world football. But right now, they're falling. And they're into fourth now. Real Betis have jumped them. They're in danger of falling out of the top four with Real Sociedad and Real Vallecano in sixth. You believe that? Forza. Real Vallecano in sixth that are breathing right down their necks. Falcao's Real Vallecano. Yeah, I, so I did forget about that, actually. But um, it's, it is it is a bit of a fall for them. Um, Real Madrid are cruising this year, Josh. Mm-hmm. They're eight points clear of Sevilla. Um, it, would be, it would take a miracle, I reckon, for them to lose the title from here. Like, go on bold here. 
Um, I just don't see Sevilla or Real Betis catching them. You know, Barcelona 16 Sevilla points behind as well. Sevilla are very good, but I don't think they they're not, quite have enough. They're Ra- not going to catch Real Madrid, Madrid are just way too consistent. Um, you know, Vinny Jr. is playing way too well. Benzema, despite uh, his legal troubles, is mm. still at the Hey, well, Luka Jovic came on and scored on the weekend. Yeah. I totally forgot about Luka Jovic. Exactly. Um, look, I, I take your point about Diego Simeone. Mm. Um, he... Still isn't giving Jao Felix, the, who should be, I believe, the centerpiece of this squad, uh, enough minutes. And, you know, it's still the same formation. It's still the two banks of four. It's still, two up top. you know, very narrow. Uh, Luis Suarez is a year older, of course, not um, as good as he used to be. But Antoine Griezmann and Jao Felix as a tandem should be tearing up defences mm. in La Liga, and they're just not. So... Uh, big questions for for Simeone. They were a little bit um, hard done by against Mallorca, I suppose, in that they conceded two late goals. But, you know, they just panicked when the equaliser went in. And then the goal they conceded in the last minute in stoppage time, uh, Mm. which is Kubo, the Japanese prodigy. Great to see him up and about again with his his injury struggles. Uh, But he was just given free run. It was such a simple goal. Like the defending was absolutely horrendous. And for a coach like Simeone, that will probably mean he doubles down on his defensive strategy. So I don't think we're going to see, you know, the, the man in black change anytime soon. It's amazing how that defense was literally just that damn good for so long, but their team's walking through them. How Junior Messias, a small, tiny man, he's like about 5'10", scored a header against them. That would have been unheard of back in the days of Diego, Diego Godin and, <laughs> and Jose Jimenez or even Stefan Savic, manning that. Oh, Stefan uh, Savic played. He just he came yeah, off, but, though. But, I mean, back in the day when, you know, that was a functioning unit, that mm. would never have happened. They probably would have even gotten a position across the ball in, and even if they did, it's getting cleared out straight away. So. Well, Savic wasn't on the pitch when that goal went in. Oh, well, there you in, go. In fairness. So, uh, we'll give Stefan Savic a let off. But, Josh, uh, let's take a short break here on uh, the Euro Show here on FNR. But before we do, I want to mention as well, quick shout to Tom Rogic for arguably the goal of the se- one of the goals of the season for Celtic this morning certainly in Scotland oh it was absolutely tremendous it wasn't as good as Anthony Burke Gilroy's yesterday for Perth Glory I gotta say shout out to the former Altona Magic man but I gotta say good to see Celtic firing on all cylinders and starting mm. to close the gap at the top hearts are still hanging about though our good friend Lockie Flanagan be very excited about that did you hear the story about Cammy Devlin from the weekend no. Apparently, he's accidentally uh, a wayward shot of his uh, hit a fan in the face during Ouch. the warm up, um, and multiple times he went over to check if they were okay. Um, you know, half time when they scored during the goal celebration, um, you know, he called uh, the medics from the team over to get give him a bit of assistance, and then he gave uh, the person his shirt at the end of the match. That's fantastic. So that's uh, wholesome stuff. Wholesome from Cam Let's take a short break. Back with plenty more just after this. I don't know. Buonasera. Buonasera. There's not really time to relax and take an espresso for Juventus. <laughs> you don't have to get a bad You don't have to get a bad Attaccare! 